what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. A long, strange trip it's been, you guys. This is episode 100 of the Before and After Show podcast, and I can't believe it. And I'm solo right now because I'm going to cry. And uh, I didn't want to do that in front of people. So a brief history about the show. You're going to hear me talk in a minute to people who have been affected by the show or have been fan favorite guests or have launched their own podcasts because of this podcast, which is nuts to me. And uh, before that, just here's here's how we started. Um, I left school in 2013 because I'm a big old dummy. And when I left school, I made a deal with myself to start a podcast. That's the only way I would allow myself to quit school. And it took a year and a half, and I did it. And I did it because movie podcasts are hard. And uh, they're a really popular genre of podcasts to make because everyone likes movies. And so I knew we had to have a premise. And so I noticed that the premise is basically repeated in my own life. I was talking a lot about expectations versus reality, like that scene in 500 Days of Summer. And I decided to make that a podcast because it gets all our biases up on Front Street. And you can't accuse us of just being, oh, you're another bias critic. Oh, look at you and your bias. Well, first off, it's biased. And second, yeah, criticism is a point of view. You have inherent biases that you bring into criticism. That's the point. And so when I say Ghost in the Shell is bad, you can't call me a biased fanboy of the anime because you can listen to the before show where I tell you I have not seen the anime. And you can go to YouTube where you can hear me talk about how I don't even like anime. They just made a bad movie. So uh, that was the premise of it. And since then, Gosh, we've launched a YouTube channel uh, that has evolved. We've had two co-hosts on each now. Um, we've launched over on YouTube. There's a video game show that's uh, bi-weekly. There's a movie show that's bi-weekly. Uh, this podcast is weekly. We have guests sometimes. It's a kind of a magazine-style show. I've started a writing career for the most part um, with wordofthenerd.com. I've started another podcast called The Movie Word with Josh Tarpley at wordofthenerd.com. I started writing more reviews for Keith Loves Movies. A lot of stuff has happened in two and a half years, you guys. And... Uh, it's been great. It's been it's been wonderful, and I can't believe we made it to 100 episodes. It's insane to me. And uh, if you listen, if you listen, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, it means the world to me every time I hear someone talk about the show or tell me that they told someone about the show. And uh, I can't appreciate you guys enough. You guys are the best. Um, and. It's time for you to get involved, and I don't mean that in a chastising way, but if you like the podcast, um, even a little bit, what I'm asking you to do with the 100th episode is maybe don't link them to this episode, but link them to your favorite episode, uh, share the link to the show, share the Facebook page on your social media, 
Uh, make it a public post if you're comfortable doing that on your social media, uh, on your Facebook or on your Twitter. Or tweet that link out. Um, send them to your favorite episode. Send them to the Facebook uh, page for the show. Get the word out. Let people know that's how we grow our audience. And if you like something, share it with people. I people are always asking me for recommendations, and now you and you can just recommend stuff to people for free. So um, please do that. And yeah, that's that's gonna do it for my dumb face talking at you. Uh, I'm gonna go watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. You're going to go listen to me talk to a bunch of people about how great this show is. And I know that sounds narcissistic, but it's the hundredth episode, and I want to celebrate this thing we've done together. And uh, after that, me and Ryan will be around to talk about the fate of the Furious. So take it away, whoever I'm interviewing. All right, everyone, I am here with uh, probably the most influential member of the before and after show Real Perspective <laughs> crew, uh, Corey Tyndall. Corey, how's it going, sir? It's going well. Uh, most influential, that is... Uh... <laughs> Absolutely. That's every, a lot of pressure. <laughs> no, every major change to the show, with the exception of the format, is... Uh, kind of not one of them is definitely because of you and the other one is the result of your involvement uh in the show so but we'll we'll get into all that in a second (laughs) um so first off a hundred episodes that's so i like it blows my i'm i'm sure (laughs) i'm gonna say this in every interview like this is the hundredth episode of the show and i can't believe it like it's so crazy to me that we have hit a hundred episodes we're here. Yeah. A hundred episodes. Like, it's it's crazy to think, like, and I'm sure, you know, like, as you guys have heard throughout the whole entirety of this episode, just, like, how it started and what it's, you know, like, how it's grown and evolved and, like, where we are. But, like, we're here. Like, a hundred episodes. Yeah. You know, like, it's crazy. Yeah. This is, you, we're in syndication now. Like, they could, <laughs> they could air us on the Sci-Fi <laughs> channel now. Um. So, (laughs) Corey, like you, you know, you've been uh, a big supporter of the show from the beginning before you were even the co-host. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I decided that I was going to start a podcast, um, you were kind of one of the you and Hannah were were some of the people whose feedback I wanted. So when I come to you and I say, you know, I'm just going to start a podcast, I talked about myself in the third person and I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to start this podcast. Here's what it's about. Um, what do you think? Like, what goes through your mind? Is it just like, okay, MG's what? Like, what's a podcast? Is it, that sounds cool, but like, MJ doesn't really have connections. So how is he even going to do this? Or, you know, what's your initial reaction when you find out the podcast is going to be a thing? So <clears throat> going back in time, mm-hmm. we're, we're taking, we're taking a, a little back to the future here, but I I remember hearing you talk about this and I was like a podcast that sounds pretty cool like I didn't know any of the ins and outs and like how that would work like you know like how is he going to do it like recording equipment like does he need to know people but um previously to you like announcing that I think probably like a year prior to that I had worked at a library hmm. and so when you work at a library, um, you have a lot of—I wouldn't say free time, but you have a lot of time to yourself. <laughs> um, 
I know one of the roles I ended up doing a lot was like shelving books. And oh. so to fill that time, you're just up there by yourself in some lone corner of the library and you're just got your car. And so I would listen to podcasts, um, you know, just different things that interest me, whether it be like uh, video game stuff or some movie stuff or like, you know, like like whatever, lots of different podcasts. And that's kind of like where I've had my first entry points into podcasting. And so like, you know, fast forward a year and then like you're like, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. And that's kind of cool that it's like somebody like that I know and like one of my friends and it'll kind of be this cool like homegrown podcast. Mm -hmm. And I was excited for you. I mean, I I logistically had no idea like how (laughs) (laughs) everything was going to pan out. Me neither. (laughs) That makes two of us. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, and then, so it starts, and, uh, I don't actually remember the order this happens, but I think it starts, and you decide, oh, I would like to do the music for the show. I think that's the first thing that happened, is you, you did the music before you were a guest. Yeah, so what, what happened, uh, is I'd been listening to, uh, the, you know... I guess now the the kind of the quintessential or the uh the the before and after show classic episodes. If you haven't <laughs> heard them, go back and listen to them. Or Fight don't. Club. Uh, <laughs> Fight Club. Amelie. Uh, oh man, I forgot else? I did Amelie. Uh, Psycho. Uh, Psycho was one of Psycho, them. Great Psycho. Dictator. Great Dictator. Great Dictator. So I'd listen. Uh, I'd followed and I'd listened and I'm like, oh, this is a cool thing. And I want to say it was around the time, like after you did Great Dictator, mm-hmm. um, that I was kind of, you know, and like I'd listened to podcasts and I had been thinking, I was like, I think it would be really cool if like MJ had some music for his podcast. I feel like that's an element, like the the show is kind of missing. I feel like the show was, it was growing. It was kind of, you're it's kind of starting to find your rhythm. You're like every week, like are people listening? Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm doing this. And I was like, I think music would be like a really cool thing. And so I reached out to you and I was like, Hey, this might be crazy. And you know, like, I don't know what you, you think about this. Uh, but like, what if you had some music for the podcast? And like, I, you know, like I'm a musician, I could write some music for you. Yeah, and I immediately was like, yes, because, uh, one, I think music really helps a podcast sound professional, but two, all my favorite podcasts have music. And yeah. so Corey and I start having these conversations about how long should it be, and you may not know this, and I, uh, you being the audience here, and maybe Corey, but I gave him a length, and I think it was like 45 seconds, and... Yeah. That's because I scienced it so hard. Like I scienced <laughs> ha- the length of the of the intro so hard, and it's actually the biggest criticism I receive about the show to this day is that the uh, the song is too long at the beginning, and. <laughs> My response is always like, no, it's not. If you go and you look at the Nerdist, it's this amount of time. And if you go yeah. and look at WTF with Mark Marin, it's this amount of time. And the length of the before and after show song is the median between the length of those two intros. 
um so it's like to me it's the perfect podcast intro length um also it's sweet wow. because also it gives me the opportunity to show off the work of another artist who i i admire um so it's not going anywhere um but also 45 seconds of uh an hour-long episode of something is not too long also it's free yes i well i'm glad i can be a uh continual point of contention and <laughs> dissension among listeners that will that'll be able like a, a badge i can hold on to and <laughs> so and then you join for your first episode which was new york new york um which i didn't know at the time was going to be about three hours uh of watching yes and uh, so we got together with uh, my fiance at the time now my wife and hannah your wife and we were like, it's a musical, yeah. it'll be great. And then we uh, were very bored by New York, New York in my living room. And, and very surprised. Like, this is tonally not what we expected. At all. And nope. I enjoyed the conversation, obviously. From it was there, fun. I, I know for me, I, I said I enjoyed it. And I know for me personally, that was a very, it was a very fun experience. And it was kind of cool as a listener. You know, like I had mm. followed your show and like I looked forward to it every week. So it was a really cool thing. I liked when you started inviting guests on, like just to have different people. And then yeah. you asked me, I was like, oh, that's so cool. I get to be on this podcast. So, yeah, I was I was really excited about that. Yeah, well, I really like the conversation and people who listen to the show really like the conversation. So when we started in the summer of 2015, we started the before and after show uh <laughs> summer blockbuster extravaganza it was only supposed to last for the summer and now it's the format of the show um where we were doing current release movies yes. i brought you on for my personal favorite episode in the history of before and after show history uh. <laughs> and we did we did before and after duel and jurassic world um in i remember in the before episode you told this great story about having nightmares about Duel when you were a kid, but not realizing that it was the movie Duel until we went to visit it for the podcast. Yep, that that is true. That happened because I'd seen this, I'd seen segments of this movie, and I had chalked it like as a young kid, and I had chalked it all up to like a, a bad dream or something. I'm like, surely there's not a movie about like some demon possessed truck basically trying to kill some man like chasing them down a highway surely i imagine this yeah and uh nope you hadn't it was nope. steven spielberg's first movie um so that great. was that was a great before episode because you got to tell that story and then we got to the after episode where we proceeded to level Jurassic World, man, I it was yes. like it was like a hit job on that movie that we did, man. <laughs> it's crazy. You that still is one of my favorite things that's ever happened on the podcast. That run of me saying every shot of him is like, look at this cool guy. And then you explaining how he's <laughs> not Indiana Jones, but he is Indiana Jones because they want him to be. Oh, Indiana yeah. Jones. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I actually before we started recording went and listened to that clip because I, I couldn't remember how it went down, but it's solid. And as the summer wore on and as the movies got worse, the now. movies got worse, but also it was getting harder and harder to book guests. 
keep them, you know, we do a hard format where you have to show up for two episodes. Um, it became clearer and clearer that I needed a co-host rather than a week to week guest. Uh, and so I was trying to, ra- I was, you know, thinking about like, what about this person? What about this person? What about this person? And I was like, well, what about Corey? And I reached out to so many people and was like, hey, do you think it'd be weird if I brought on Corey as a co-host? And all of them were like, no, you guys seem to enjoy talking to each other. And I was like, okay, I guess, like, I'll see if he'll do it. I don't think he will. That's like a big commitment. And so I sit down with Corey and I'm like, hey, uh, I want you to be the co-host of the podcast. And what, like, what happens when someone asks you, like, hey... I've been doing this almost a year. I want you to come along and uh, be a major part of this. I well, funny, funny enough, I did not, I did not know that you consulted other people. And you're like, would we have like a good vibe? Would you like it if I brought him onto the show? So that's that's fun fact uh, that I I learned just now. Market but research I, man. Yeah, gotta do it. I'm glad I tested positive, but. <laughs> um, when you approach me and then you ask me that question, I like my my initial response was like, yeah, I want to do this. And then I I sat down and I thought about it and I was like, okay, I know MJ is really passionate about movies and film, and um, you know, I I would say that I like I really love movies probably more than like the average person um i don't i w- wouldn't say like i'm at your level but i feel like mm-hmm. i have a good appreciation and i know a lot of actors and uh have a lot of background in like literary criticism so some of that some yeah. of that carries over to to films and so i was kind of like you know this is it's a little bit out of my comfort zone but it sounds really fun and you know like i studied english and did some journalism stuff in college so you know being on a mic is not like, you know, petrifying to me. Yeah. And just like the more and more I thought about it, I was like, this sounds fun. This sounds exciting. It's always kind of hard because you're like, what is you'll I feel like when we plan, sometimes we want to plan and like have like a rock solid plan of like, okay, here's like the two year plan, here's the <laughs> five year plan, da da da. And I didn't know that exactly. Um but I was like, Yeah, let's do this. This is gonna be awesome. So I signed on. I was like, yeah, we're going to do this. And I think the first episode we did together was Goosebumps, right? Goosebumps and Housebound. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I love both those movies. Yeah, that's right. It was was the Halloween episode. Um, Yeah. And so we kind of continued on from there. And then so here's where my my memory gets a little fuzzy. Why did we start a YouTube channel? I honestly don't remember what the reason was behind it outside of, I know we wanted to cover more summer movies last year. Yes, that was, that was the main reason, but I feel like, um, like we can, uh, uh, and regardless of that, that's one of the most reckless things I've ever done. (laughs) What? Is Ask somebody st- to co-host a podcast? No, <laughs> start the start the YouTube channel. Like, one, I don't know how to do any of that. Two, yeah. it was a, such a, like, I was basically like, hey, you know that thing nobody's listening to? Let's double down on that. Yeah. And, uh, start a YouTube channel that nobody will watch. Like, 
I don't honestly know why we started it. Um, I don't I think, even know. What... I think we did it because we needed extra coverage of movies and like schedule wise, it was going to be too hard to try to do like a podcast for all the movies coming out that summer. I think that's honestly like why we did that. Like, I feel like you and I sat around and like discussed some things and we're like, YouTube, for some reason, YouTube makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I, it makes no sense why we would have done that now that I think about it. And, uh, I'm glad we did. Uh, yeah, I am too. Corey, been... you were able to spin off into game space and, uh, you know, you, we co-hosted the before and after show format. We brought Mike Moray on board since then. Yeah. Um, you've since moved to Indiana. And so you hold down the fort with video game news for real perspective. And, you know, you're part of the before and after show film school, which is, uh, really probably my favorite segment we do. Uh, mm -hmm. I really like doing that. Um, and I really like you being along for the ride for that. So, yeah. you know, two years into this thing, two and a half years into this thing, a hundred episodes into this thing, what have you learned? What have I learned? Um, a ton, a ton of things. Um, I, for all you guys listening out there, I think one of the things that I've taken away from being a part of the before and after show podcast is like getting the opportunity to like challenge yourself in like new things. And, you know, like kind of, I described like how I felt MJ when you asked me to be the co-host. It was something that was like very unknown to me. I mean, like I'd listened to podcasts. I knew how like the format of a podcast worked. And like I said, I, I had a lot of familiarity with movies more so than most people, but just doing the role of being like a host on a podcast, like I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know, like, you know, there were so many times when, you and I would sit down and I'm like, gosh, I hope I don't say something stupid. Gosh, I hope I don't say something stupid. Gosh, I hope I don't say something I regret. And, you know, I'm sure there was probably times where I'm like, oh, that was controversial. Shouldn't yeah. have said that. But yeah. for the most part, there was a lot of that that I learned as we did it. And so I think a big takeaway, one of them was, you know, just to try new things. And then the other one that has probably been like, something that's been really like encouraging and motivating for me is like just seeing all of your passion for something that you're very passionate about. And I think that's infectious to other people. Like when other people are, are around it, when other people hear it. And I know that's something that like rubbed off on me, hmm. like where it can be very easy to think like, do people care about this? Is it worth discussing? Is it worth getting into the details about stuff? And the answer is yes, it is because you care about it. And like, we were made to like, like, we were all made with different passions. And it's like, we care about these things. And, you know, like, I care about like, when I watch a movie, like, I, I want it to be good. And the things that inherently make it good, or like the things that inherently make it bad. And like, you know, the same way I'm passionate about music or video games, when I talk about video games, like, that stuff is worth caring about. And I really have enjoyed like having an outlet to express that like and and that is something that i feel like that you rubbed off on me a lot just showing me that like yeah we should be 
passionate about the things that we love and, you know, talk about them and share them with other people. And I definitely have seen you rub off on me and I feel like you rub off on other people, too, through the podcast. Wow. Uh, well, thank you. Um, that's good to good to hear. Yeah, I think that'll do it. We'll, we'll move on to the next one. We're kind of recording these out of sequence, so I don't even know who you're going to hear next. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, this is... This has been great, man, and I'm so glad you've come along yeah. for the ride. I'm so glad you said yes to any of this. Not only that, like, Corey moved to Indiana and prioritized uh, his staying involved in some capacity with this uh, weird little collaborative uh, effort that we have going on here. And, yeah, uh, I I love it, and I'm I'm honored that you asked me to come alongside you and be the co-host especially in something that you're passionate about because i know when there's things that you're really passionate about and you care about like it can kind of be like you know who am i going to bring along with me like who is going to catch the same vision for it mm -hmm. so i've always felt very honored that you know i got to share that with you and i get to continue to do that you know even with like the different things i do for real perspective yeah yeah cool uh yeah, so thanks, and uh, here's me and someone else now. Rando. No. Rando. Shuffle. Shuffle podcast. <laughs> All right, everyone, I am here with uh, Jake Barton. Jake, how are you, sir? I am doing great, MJ. Good. Uh, and the reason Jake's on this 100th episode is because I don't know if I'm uh, telling tales out of school, but Jake is a podcaster because of this show. Um, and yeah. I'm sure that's one of many reasons, but I think this show like kind of gave him the push to start a podcast. And so that's why I wanted him to come on and, and celebrate, uh, you know, a hundred episodes of, of the before and after show, which is unbelievable. And, um, yeah, so Jake, you, you were a fan of at the very least podcasts. I don't know how regularly you, you listened to the show, this show specifically before you came on. But what, so what was your intro to the medium of podcasts? Was it the before and after show or was it another show? Um, it was kind of around the same time. Like I really just dove into podcasts. Like, you know, I, I've never been a real musical guy. I've okay. never, I don't know if that part of my brain is just not very active. Uh, but I've always been a very verbal, uh, guy. I've always, I've loved to debate and talk and, listen to lectures, like no problem. I don't get bored in lectures. So um, when I discovered podcasting and it was described to me um, as on-demand radio, uh -huh. um, when I first discovered that, I just jumped right in. I, I was like, music, done. Like just <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> like, I am never listening to music again. And you know, I, music is great, but like podcasts are the greatest. Like, so I jumped full the whole hog all the way in and started listening to the before and after show, um, a bunch of other podcasts. Basically I wanted to get all my topics covered. So I kind of had before and after show mm -hmm. for movies. Um, and then I had, you know, kind of radio lab, this American life. Um, all of the, I think serial was, was real popular when I first, Oh yeah. Probably. Uh, yeah. Um, and so really, 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 I honestly, podcasts are a huge, huge part of my life. And yeah, that was really it, the before and after show was kind of the, the crux where I was like, oh, this yeah. is a thing that people do. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like, it kind of blows your mind when someone, you know, starts one because yes. you're like, oh, that's just a thing people can do. Like, yes. <laughs> like you don't need permission from anyone to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was the craziest part was like, 
you know, I'm listening to these high production value, um, you know, radio lab or NPR uh, or TED talk kind of podcasts. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's very much like TV or, you know, radio you would hear on the radio. Like that is something with uh, these people are being paid salaries and they're on staff and there's production value and there's a system. And then when, when I heard the before and after show, I'm like, wait, what I know, I know MJ and he's, yeah. he's not rich. Like <laughs> he's not, you know, he, uh, so like I, I knew it was like, Oh, like normal human beings that I know mm-hmm. do this too. And so that was kind of where I kind of got the seed of like, oh, okay, podcasting is something that, that normal people can do. It's kind of a great equalizer um, that like anyone can jump in. Like you can't just jump in and, and, you know, uh, really like have a TV show yeah. uh, and, and have I mean, it produced and, and sent out yourself. Like you yeah. need the structure around you. But podcasts, you really, you really don't. You can just go. Yeah, uh, it's like, it's like awesome. the Wild West out here, man. Like, it's it just feels like this weird corner of the internet and the world where, like, people are doing whatever they want and no one's telling them what to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like, and I feel like all of us are kind of waiting for the hammer to fall on that of, like, well, some someone's got to catch us, right? And, like, no. Like, it just, yes. like, people seem content to, like, either ignore it or just be like, that's cute and send us on our merry way. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so Jake, you, you were a fan of the medium, obviously. And then I asked you to be on the show to review Star Wars episode seven, The Force Awakens, because you were almost in it. Yes. And if you go what? back and listen to those episodes, yes. you should. Jake tells his whole story about how he auditioned for the movie in Nashville, I believe, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, in Nashville and, like, that whole process. And he – you got a callback, right? Yeah, I did. And I'm still waiting for my next callback, but uh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, shoot, uh, shoot Colin Trevorrow some uh, some DMs on Twitter. Slide into his DMs. Well, maybe not him. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Ryan Johnson. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, you came on and told those stories, and I remember a very distinct memory of – you of us finishing that first recording session Uh and you just being like, that was so much fun. Yes. And in that moment, I saw the spark in your eyes and I was like, Jake's going to be a podcaster. Now (laughs) I saw, I called that shot like Kobe man. Yes. You were a prophet. Like when I like sitting in the room uh, with you and Corey and the mic in the middle and it was like, Oh, there's just this energy of like, and I don't even think it mattered. I don't even think it, it would matter if the mic was even plugged in. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, like yeah. just that environment was just really intellectually stimulating and really, oh, yeah, you're right. I was I was hooked. You saw that spark because it was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So that led to the Historium podcast. And yes. Uh, so what is the Historium podcast? So the Historium podcast is a short little history podcast uh, based on basically things you probably wouldn't hear in history class. Um, so little, smaller, more human stories that are a little more uh, obscure um, that really just show kind of the human side of history as opposed to kind of these grand, you know, we heard, oh, 24 million people died in this war, or, you know, this line of succession. It's all kind of boring numbers and dates and facts and figures when you know, history, when you really get down to it, is a story of us, people. Um, and so I really wanted to, to have a show that would would show some of the more human side, a more personal, small-scale side of history. 
Yeah. So what sparked of like, I have all these topics I can choose. Like, why did you choose a history podcast? I know you obviously, like you just said, you wanted to show the smaller side of history, but what drew you to that? I really, it's tough because I guess I just had to narrow my focus because originally I was just like, uh, I think all podcasters got to go through this like, oh, why don't we have a podcast just called like, you know, MJ talks about things Yeah, yeah, yeah. or, you know, the Jake show. And, and it's just like, ah, that's not, I, I think that's something about podcasting. is like, unless you're kind of a big name celebrity, uh, you, you kind of have to find your niche. Like you have to find like, okay, this is. Uh, my area of expertise. Like, this is what uh, I talk about. You can't just have, you know, a normal average Joe like me or you just say, hey, we're having a podcast where we uh, talk about things. Like, yeah. it's got to be much more specific. So I I really narrowed it down to my interests. And, and the one that really just kept coming back to me was uh, was history. And I'm like, I love history. I think when people say, oh, history is boring, I just want to backhand them. Uh, and so, <laughs> that bad like, man I mean... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, exactly that meme. Like, I just am like, how can you, you, you must not know history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the main thing that really drew me to, to start it was, uh, me and my, uh, fiance, soon to be wife, Morgan, we, we were, uh, we love to listen to creepy stories, uh, on YouTube. Um, and we were listening and, you know, we kind of listened to all the good ones and we started listening to more. And I'm like, this guy has like, 40,000 views and it's garbage. <laughs> like, and like, like, and I was listening to it. And I'm like, you know, I, it was always a moment of like, I can do better than that. Um, and I saw, you know, those, the, all these views that this guy had that really was just, he was just literally, I went to Wikipedia and he was just reading stories off Wikipedia, like word oh for God. word off of Wikipedia and no music in the background. No, just that. And he had all the, and I'm like, okay, there's a market for this, that this could be a thing. Hey, you're, blow, um, you're blowing up the spot for the uh, before and after show film school, by the way. Oh, I am. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's how I uh, initially was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. I can, I could do it. Yeah, that's oh man, that's so cool. And I think it hit kind of at the right time. Um, you know, your show is kind of an amalgam of, and this is very like inside the the cube uh lingo for those of you who aren't regular podcast listeners uh but for those of you who are the two things i'm about to say you're going to be like oh yeah if you've ever listened to jake's show it kind of plays like an amalgam of uh lore and a much 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 shorter version of hardcore history yes high praise (laughs) <laughs> that's what i'm trying to hit so thank you yeah <laughs> yeah so the and the the i think that might be my favorite thing about podcasting is how much you can wear those influences on your sleeve and yeah it's just kind of fine yeah um, the, like our format is our format here but basically every segment has been stolen wholesale from, from other podcasts <laughs> with the exception of uh the before portion of getting our expectations out. That was the original hook for the show. But other that's, than that, yeah, that is the... unique. Like that is something that I think it speaks testament of. That's a creative thing. Like when I first heard the idea, like I was like, cause I remember the first time you shared the podcast, I was like, I didn't know it was your podcast. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you worded that the, the share in a weird way, but I was like, Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, like, like really, I legitimately, and then I saw what she was like, wait a second. Is he a guest on this? How did he, what the, and then, yeah, <laughs> I was like, wait, he made this. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Um, yeah. And so, 
wearing those influences and i think the community is really supportive like people who make podcasts are ultimately fans of podcasts um, yeah i don't think you can have a podcast without being obsessed with podcasts yep um, that's true and because a lot of us do it for free <laughs> um yeah. you know it's definitely got to be a passion project and this episode is sponsored by audible, audible no i'm just, <laughs> just kidding audible.com slash wtf and so you know those are pretty much hotness podcasts to begin with and then i think it hit at kind of the right time um people are more invested in history than they ever have been partially through these podcasts but let's face it almost 90 percent because of hamilton Yes. And so oh, like I think I think the boom of history podcasts that we're seeing is because people are hearing Hamilton and seeing Hamilton and they're being like, oh, history is interesting and <laughs> going and learning about it. And it directs them to these podcasts. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. And that's why my, my fourth episode is uh, is about the, the Alexander mm -hmm. Hamilton Aaron Bird duel, because I wanted yeah. to shamelessly just. Because that was right when the Hamilton train was leaving the station. And yeah. so I was just like, okay, this, I got to hop on. I got to latch my uh, wagon to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. And I know, you know, much like myself, you're uh, obsessed with Hamilton. So. Oh, don't, yes. Yeah, oh, this is going to become a Hamilton fan cast if we keep oh, talking no. about it any longer. Yeah, uh, we oh. But yeah, and so I think kind of like, it's weird having to hit that perfect storm. And I think you did. Um, Historium like to toot your own horn for a little bit historian is doing pretty well isn't it yeah i i really i think for me it's the the social media presence that has really boosted it along but yeah in, in the past few months it's it's really jumped in listeners um so yeah i'm i'm loving every second of it and and i'm i'm excited that to keep this thing going and and honestly i think i i think you would say the same thing like the podcast even though we don't do it for a job like it's really what we're kind of excited to do oh, like it's, it's the, the thing, best part of my week yes a hundred percent like when you get to record when you get to write when you get to think about like you're just like yeah like that's that's the passion yeah. um at least for me i don't want to speak for you but yeah that is totally like it's, it's the most exciting part of my week hands down oh yeah I, we both have full-time jobs outside of our podcast you know it's 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 the means to the podcast at this point yep. yeah oh a hundred percent like that's that's the drive it, it's amazing how much energy you can uh use when it's something you care about like, oh yeah and then you like crazy. do you get that like weird tunnel vision where you like start working on something for the show and then you pop your head out and it's like two hours later and you're starving yeah <laughs> yeah it's either that or it's just like i haven't slept uh yeah either yeah. of those it's like well i don't need to sleep tonight yeah i guess i should go to bed also i'm really <laughs> hungry oh my gosh i'm so thirsty too and i have to pee <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> um so jake thank you for being on and thank you so much mj yeah it's uh 100 episodes i hope you come back uh soon that I is will... crazy that yeah. like 100 oh that's awesome two and a half years man oh that is so oh to the next two and a half decades yeah why not let's do it um but yeah jake you'll be on for regular episodes in the future i'm sure of it awesome um i'll awesome. show you the schedule and see what you want to come talk about and yeah uh jake thanks again man um and you guys should follow historium oh what do you want to plug for historium what where can we find you 
Uh, historium is on Facebook. Historium is kind of a weird word. Uh, so it H I S T O R I U M. Uh, basically you type that in on any social media platform and you should find me. Cool. Um, yeah. How many episodes do you have? Uh, right. I'm putting out my 14th episode this week. Cool. And it's bi-weekly, correct? Uh, yeah. Every two weeks. Absolutely. Okay. So go subscribe and, uh, here's me and someone else. All right, I am here with um, Alicia Bean Hawks. You will hear me call her Bean, probably, more than anything. Um, and she is a longtime listener and one-time guest, two-time guest, technically, on the show. Uh, so everyone, welcome uh, Bean to the show. Bean, what's up? Hello, everybody. I'm super excited to be recording for your 100th episode. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it's so crazy. I've said this in every interview, and I say that I say it in every interview, but man... I, it's a hundred episodes. That's so many. I, seriously, it is. It's a hundred hours. <laughs> yeah, that's longer than a work week. That's longer than two work weeks. Yeah, <laughs> that is much longer though. If you factor in like editing and like all of the like technical aspects, oh, I'm yeah. sure you're spending tons of time. Yeah, that's it's awesome. it's a part time job. But um, yes. being you started as. A podcast fan. I don't know if the before and after show was your introduction to the medium or not. Yes, it was. It was. I, yeah. Yeah. The before and after show, I like to call it my gateway podcast. Okay. Um, it like started my podcast addiction. Um, hard, like, and I had no idea even that the, the medium of podcasting existed hmm. until your show and so um when i started listening to your show more i was like this is like a whole community there's like i could look up a podcast about anything that i want so i'm subscribed to like 15 podcasts yeah. now and i listen regularly and it's yeah it's awesome yeah that's so. great oh man that's that makes me so happy um bean is one of two people I can consistently talk to about podcasts and not yes. get quizzical looks from, uh, <laughs> I'll just be like, I started listening to this and my wife's like, that's fine. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> this belt buckle was really important. Um, that's a, I love it. that's a mystery show reference for the one person who might be listening that might, <laughs> might understand <Right>. that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so you. cool. Oh man. That's so yeah. cool. Uh, so what, made you listen to this pod like why were you just like oh that's a thing i'll check out is because i feel like i'm i'm even resistant to like oh a new thing especially like a new medium a new piece of media or format to try out i'm very right. skeptical of that kind of thing so what made you be like oh yeah i'll listen to that yeah so i am too and so it's really like i am definitely a creature of habit so i find something that i like and i usually just stick to that mm -hmm. so like i had um iHeartRadio on my phone mm -hmm. and i would just like listen to whatever i whatever shows i could find on there kind of usually dave ramsey if we're being honest it was like i'm because i'm an old lady and um and so because I like to listen to stuff like while I'm cleaning or while I'm doing whatever, I like to have something on. So you started posting about this uh, two and a half years ago. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. So I'd like scroll past it like for a long time. Yeah. I want to say for like the first probably like even six months of you like posting your updates. But I liked the page on Facebook and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is my friend. Like, I want to be supportive. Like, every time it would update, I was just like, I don't know what that is. So I just like didn't even try. So finally, I think you had an episode. 
Oh, I wish I could remember. I should have I should have gone back in your archives before we recorded this to find what my first episode was because it was some it was some movie that I was really interested in seeing. Huh. So it's probably a summer blockbuster or something. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just check it out because I think you like posted links that took me not even into like my podcasting app, but like I I don't know what I listened to it through, but it like took me to a direct link like mm-hmm. to It was probably the sense. SoundCloud link. Okay, probably. That that sounds familiar. So I listened to it on there, and I was, like, so hooked. I was like, this is awesome because, first of all, Corey was co-hosting with you by that point. Okay. And so I was like, oh, man, like, it's like having my friends in my kitchen while I'm, like, doing chores. This is the best. And then you'd have, like, people on who I knew because, you know, we're in the same circle. Mm-hmm. So you'd have, like, Hannah was on and Michael was on, and we, like, had these mutual people. And so... Um, I, I really got into it and that's when I kind of transitioned into, um, like the podcast app and then realized it was like a whole community. And I was like, what, where has this been all my life? (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's weird how the medium, like when it clicks, it clicks. Oh my gosh. I think part of it is it's a very, and not in like a creepy way, but it's a very intimate format. Um, because I don't know if you listen to it with headphones on, but I do most of my listening at work. Um, I assume you don't because you have children that you have to like make sure they're fine. I actually do. It's because I can hear them. And so like, Mm -hmm. it's actually kind of nice because it's like, I can have my own thing. Right. So it's like built in autonomy, which is kind of nice. Yeah. But like, you just have like people's voices in your head, like literally in your head, like you put their voice into your head. Right. Um, And so you feel there's like an immediate connection, even if you're not friends with the people like I have intentionally not met several of my podcasting heroes, even though I've been given the opportunity to because I would be the biggest creepo in the universe (laughs) about it. Um, Yes. As a matter of fact, I was listening to the Nerdist podcast. And they were doing trivia about one of the guys, and he was like, what's my favorite workout song? And I was like, it's Skyfall by Adele. And I was like, man, I'm confident about that. That's super weird. (laughs) And the two guys who have been hosting the podcast with him for seven years both got it wrong, and I got it right. And I was like, this is why I haven't met these fools. Because they would file a restraining order. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. Yes, but no, that is very true. It is a very, it just makes you feel like you're in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I find myself with almost every podcast that I listen to talking mm-hmm. to it, even though clearly they can't hear me. But like, I will. And in fact, I've gone into many heated debates with you while listening to your podcast and you'll never know, but (laughs) many. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Bean was actually responsible. I think responsible for maybe one of my favorite things that the show has ever spawned, which is, I believe you shared the link to it. And one of your friends wrote a very detailed rebuttal to my analysis of (laughs) fantastic beasts and where to find them. And I mean, it was, it was two pages with the margins filled in of notes, two full notebook pages. It was nuts. Yeah. yeah, that's a shout out to my friend Cassie. She is like a Harry Potter nerd. And it was, yeah, reading those, I still read them sometimes. Like, I just like go into my pick because I've saved it into my phone. You and I should send it to me because every once in a while I'm like, man, I really want to look at that again, but I don't have okay. it saved. 
I will. I will send it to you. Yeah, it's hilarious. Man, that's so great. And so being transferred kind of from being, she is probably the uh, before and after show super fan. Um, yeah, and I'm your groupie. Yeah, like big time. Um, she consistently comments on this, the show stuff or sends me a d- direct message about things she feels during the even I'm, I'm sure like the, the, the debates you have with me are, are kind of just scratching the surface. Uh, yes. or the, the things you send me are kind of scratching the surface on how right. you, you respond to the podcast. Uh, because right. I know I get that way with the podcasts I love. And then you had the opportunity to be a guest on the show. Um, yes. And the reason I did that is because you and Hannah are the two biggest Harry Potter fans I've ever known. Yes, I'm and so you honored. Came on, you came on to talk about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, as we previously established. Uh, so what was that experience like? Um, My favorite thing ever. Okay, so I, <laughs> I, like, have always had this secret dream that, like, as a profession, I just speak to mm. people, like, mm-hmm. in any capacity, like, and so when I started to get into podcasts, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a thing that people can do, mm-hmm. and so you would have guests on and stuff, and I think that originally when I was very, very first listening, I don't know that you Skyped many people in. Maybe I'm wrong about no. that. Maybe I'm remembering that wrong, but no, I think most of your people were in people. studio. Yeah. That's what I thought. So, so I was like, oh, I wish I lived in Bakersfield still. And I wish I were there because I would love to guest on this show. So when you messaged me, like I straight up, like had a fangirl moment. I am not embarrassed to tell you. Like I, I was like, I called my husband over. I was like, babe, he wants me to be on the show. I was so excited. And, um, so yeah, that it, it, it was everything that I ever hoped for mj you made all my dreams come true (laughs) it really was a lot of fun i i enjoyed it a lot and it um it sort of did foster this desire in me to to maybe podcast if i can figure stuff out so i love it yes that's the best um it's true if you become a fan of the thing and then you get the opportunity to do the thing um, the before and after show is not the first, my first, first podcast rodeo, um, mm-hmm. way back in the day, I was on a show called instant gratification that had a really good premise and I'm bummed that we had to stop doing it. Mm. And I like, that's what gave me the bug to begin with was being the co-host of that show. Um, yes. and that lasted about eight months. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, doing that, it was like, oh man, this is a thing I could do. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's, I, I mean, it's, it clicks pretty, pretty fast too of, oh, this is just something anyone could do. This is just like, the, these are just people. A lot of right. them. A lot right. of them are, I mean, you know, there's NPR and a lot right. of stand, stand-up comedians have shows, but outside of that, Outside of those two worlds, it's literally just people talking about what they like. Right. And if you're, um, you know, Bean, I know you come from a background of blogging as well. I know you don't do it as maybe regularly as we would like you to. Um, (laughs) But you like you have a history of blogging and I have a history of blogging. And it seems like the next logical step from that. Yes. Um, You know, I I feel like like, I feel like a live journal just kind of birthed the podcast. Mm hmm. Yep. 
Yep. I think that that's a hundred percent accurate. And, and so many of the blogs that I follow, um, have a corresponding podcast. Yep. It's like, it's yeah, it, right. It's the natural step forward. And so, yeah, in, in thinking about how I can incorporate my, my writing with a podcast, it seems to go hand in hand. Like yeah. I would have to figure out a way to link back to my blog if I can ever find time to write it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the trick. Anyway, I think that'll wrap it up. Uh, thank you, Bean, for coming on um, and for yeah. being a consistent supporter of the show. That means a lot to me. Yes. Um, and I'm really glad you caught the podcast bug because of this show, um, both in terms of listening and wanting to uh, foster your own weird little internet radio talk show into existence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And, you know, never stop. That's all I have to say. You're keeping me company while I'm doing my chores, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you are very welcome. Uh, here's me and someone else. Hey, uh, I'm here now with Mike Moray. How's it going? Hey. Uh, I Mike is the co-host of the YouTube channel, and he's been on the show before, the podcast before, most recently, I believe, for John Wick Chapter 2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of came into this the youtube show as Corey was leaving um mm -hmm. you know he moved to indiana and uh so you're kind of a recent addition to the show within the last maybe eight months or so i think yeah, it was august -ish, eight months, yeah. um when you came on and we have since revamped the entire youtube show mm -hmm. and uh changed the format of that before the format was the normal before and after show but now we've rebranded it it's called real perspective and you can find it on YouTube. Please go look for that over there. It's also on the blog. Um, but so let's talk about kind of before, uh, before and after, <laughs> really. Um, so before you, you, uh, you know, Mike, we've been friends for probably a decade now. Uh, yeah. And, uh, this is the year actually. It becomes a decade. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've known each other for a while and we became really good friends in uh, probably around 2009. Yeah. That's when we got probably the closest. Mm -hmm. um, and so headed into like before and after show, like you hear, hey, your friend's starting a podcast. It's about movies. You know, he's a movie guy. Like where, what did you think when you found out like, oh, MJ's really going to try this, huh? Oh, MJ's really going to try this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think that this was what you were born to do and I was all in favor of it to go and kind of find your voice mm -hmm. and not just your voice in terms of using a microphone although that has improved yes um significantly in comparison yeah. to the first episodes but also you defining what you like what you don't like mm -hmm. I mean the understanding what your expectations of things are and setting being able to set aside and also have those in check when you try and give something a shot. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen that really go and develop, and I thought that this was the best way for you to go and develop that. Yeah. Sometimes I think thinking it out is the best way to do it. Oh, for sure. Um, definitely. And so so that was kind of your existence with the show beforehand. So now that you've joined, what have yeah. you learned that you're officially like part of the crew? Right. Uh, what have I learned? I've... I've learned to, um, I think, try to articulate better mm. what my concerns are with something before I watch it and understand how I'm, I have my biases. But I also um, 
have learned how to, I think, be a little bit more critical about what I watch. I try to really take down what, like, what is trying to say mm-hmm. about something. And this is also partially through our conversations on this show, but through my own writing and uh, directing and all that. Is that I realize that you know, things are mediums, media. They're written by people, and they have agendas. They have agendas yeah. and or. Um, they have perspectives, yeah. hence <laughs> real perspectives. Perspective. But um, you know, it's that people don't just write. You don't just write something out of nothing. Yeah, it comes from your life experiences. And so I try to go and meet a movie halfway more and trying to figure out what the intentions are behind something. Mm-hmm. And I also have to recognize that sometimes there is no, there's nothing besides it besides just money. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's just it's a franchise, so they got to make more of them because. Universal's got nothing left and they need to go and fill that with something. So right. hence, eight Fast Furious movies, soon to be nine and ten. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> uh, Fast and Furious bashing aside currently, um, you know, I think trying to go and understand where something's coming from is really important to me, more so than it used to be. Yeah, and so uh, you professionally kind of do this, not podcasting, obviously, yeah. but you're for all intents and purposes, an orator, you work in law and you have to present arguments. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know how often you're in a courtroom actually talking to a jury. Like once but, a month. Yeah. Um, so have you seen the, like any sort of almost osmosis between how you communicate here and there or? Yes. And that's like in the way that everything has a narrative. Mm. Everything has a story. Mm-hmm. Um I think watching movies and being a movie buff and doing this show has allowed me to really synthesize stories and the structure of storytelling in a way that helps me in the courtroom. And that my ability to be in the courtroom and try to read people, because picking a jury is all about reading people. Like, this guy could blow up my case or whatever. You have to read personalities. You understand that some people bring certain personalities into the mix that are explosive. Um, and you have to be able to tell a narrative that appeals across multiple demographics in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. And that also translates to this, where I feel like I have to go and um, sometimes I can't go in, into as in-depth on something as maybe I would like to without setting up the basic building blocks of something first. Mm-hmm. So I try a lot harder now on this show, for example, to just explain like what the background premise is of something without mm-hmm. like getting super into the weeds. You know, oh, I think, yeah. I think that's a big thing too. Figuring out how to crystallize the overall structure of something, mm-hmm. break it down, kind of digest it yeah. and spit out your thoughts on the other side is one of the hardest things I've had to learn over the course of the show. Especially for somebody who hasn't seen something. You know, I mean, you're dealing with an audience on this show where I would say the majority of listeners probably still have, haven't seen what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so that's a real challenge for you and for me when we go and do this show is well, how can you go and describe something to somebody who hasn't seen it? And so you have to go and start from like square one. Yeah. And that's the same thing I do in my trials, for example. Like I realize no one has, no one ha- knows as much about the evidence mm-hmm. and the crime scene or whatever as I do. Right. So I need to go and guide them along the same way that like I would if I didn't know any better. You know, I have to treat yeah. myself as if what if, what would I need to know to like understand this? Yeah. And that's like, you know, the, show obviously is about movies and not law but the the kind of the mission statement of the show is how to watch movies better um and you know through our communication both on this show and our youtube show it's how 
it's a constant learning process for myself as well because I constantly have to start at square one mm -hmm. because all these movies we talk about I've never seen before unless we're doing them for film school. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I have to start at square one and be like, okay, where am I coming from with no prior knowledge? Even if it's something in a franchise, you don't know what the new thing in the franchise is. Yeah. And I think because of that, you kind of get better at not only explaining the basic building blocks of whatever the piece is, mm -hmm. but also knowing how to kind of guide the audience along because we do this semi-professionally. Um, you know, we, we do this regularly. We are advanced in our ability to watch movies or television or, you know, even outside of the show, advanced in our abilities to read the law and interpret it and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, synthesize it and apply it. Yeah. in a court case or whatever and so it's your job to go and guide the audience along into how you like the things your you value your understanding of it make them value that over someone else's understanding <laughs> yeah. of it and also be able to point out the important flags along the way that they should be looking for mm -hmm. that maybe like that yes are important to the case but that you want them to kind of take out into the world too yeah. of like you know when you watch something be on the lookout for this because this is something that happens consistently throughout movies. Like, you know, it's yeah. not just, it's a, it's a convention of this specific genre or it's a convention of this specific franchise and like go back and watch and you'll see. Yeah. Or like how you can kind of recognize the influence of another film in this film, you know, yeah. like, oh man, like Christopher Nolan lifted this wholesale from a Spielberg movie or a Kubrick movie or whatever. Exactly. Um, and so, I think some of the, I don't know if you've had this, but for the people who watch the show or, or listen to the show, they'll come up to you and tell you about the stuff they didn't know. Like, that's the mm -hmm. number one thing that I get feedback on is the stuff they didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they come and say, oh, wow, like, I didn't know about this until you mentioned it. And now that I know about this, like, I see it everywhere. Or I went back and rewatched the thing. And now I see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think understanding other perspectives is is something that will make you value film more make you value life more mm -hmm. um i think it i mean this kind of comes from my governing sense of empathy is trying to understand why people think the way that they do and this show has helped me be able to do that across like a variety of things in my life and for that i really like appreciate it yeah yeah um well i think that'll wrap us up but uh thank you for being a part of this crazy adventure thanks for inviting um, me thanks for your dedication and editing the video mike edits every single video that goes up um and so i appreciate it and here's to 100 more man uh yeah we'll see who else is coming up <laughs> all right i'm here with uh hannah tyndall hannah welcome hi hi uh hannah is married to Corey, um who you've probably already heard or maybe not i don't know i haven't put the episode together <laughs> But Hannah, uh, you know, your husband joined the journey of the before and after show uh, about a year, almost to the day in. Um, yeah. And you've been on the show a couple times, actually, once for Valentine's mm -hmm. Day and once for Fantastic Beasts. But what have you noticed in your husband since he started? Wow, that's a that's a deep question. What have I noticed? Um Honestly, he's just had such a good time. It's been so much fun. And uh, I think it's really been a cool outlet for him and his creativity. And um, we've also gotten a lot more observant when we're watching movies. So we've learned a lot. Um, yeah, it's just been a great time. 
Yeah, and uh, right now I should thank you for uh, letting me dominate your husband's beats uh, <laughs> when when we record um, and when we were doing it regularly. Um, I know, you know, you're married and there are commitments around the home, so thanks for letting him go on this journey with me, this Aww. wherever it may go. Um, it was my pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, let him. I, I mean, I know he didn't, like have to quote ask for permission or <laughs> anything no, but like not. um you know i know it's a time a time commitment and so um it means a lot that you guys would uh would make that sacrifice for whatever this is um and so yeah uh so with you being on the show what um what 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 was your experience like the the couple times you've been on i really had a lot of fun i i really enjoyed well, both the Valentine's Day episode and Fantastic Beasts for different reasons. Um, Valentine's Day was fun because getting to pick movies for each other that didn't necessarily know if the other one was going to like. And it was kind of like opening up, um, I don't know, just like different uh, movie interests. Like I, I remember I picked Moulin Rouge for Corey to watch and I had no idea what he was going to think of that. And <laughs> He really enjoyed it. Um, and I think he picked Forrest Gump for me. I think that was it. So, yeah, so very different movies. Um, but it was it was just a lot of fun to to watch them together, but also to kind of figure out, like, why that person picked it and why they were passionate about it. So I really enjoyed that. And then, obviously, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, so getting to uh, dissect the latest, uh, I guess you could call it the latest installment in the Harry Potter universe, but we all know how I feel about that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, the reason you came on for that is because I was like, oh, you're going to care way more than I am about <laughs> yeah. any of this. Um, and yeah, that's actually, and that's that's a fan favorite episode. That might be the second most popular episode of the show. No way. Yeah, for real. Oh, man. For real. Me and Bean, so. maybe we missed our callings. Yeah, I told you guys you <laughs> no. needed a podcast together. Uh, it would be fun. You guys need to start it and get it. <laughs> I don't know what we'd talk about. Whatever, figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll work on it. You guys aren't busy at all. No, not at all. Not her with her three children. No. Um, no. It's... But yeah, I I like what you said about the uh, the Valentine's Day episode. Like, I think you can learn a lot about the people you spend time with, um, whether it's romantically or and friendship based on what they choose to watch and more importantly like what they choose for you to watch with them mm -hmm. yeah uh, i think that's a really cool insight into how they view you and how like what what parts of you you choose to share with that person yeah uh, and so that was like i had a lot of fun with that set of episodes actually um because i watched sense and sensibility and mm -hmm. Kristen watched The Fisher King. Um, right. Oh, very different choices. Yes, yes. <laughs> and yeah, just so, so like opening that window um, is kind of why we started the show. And so I think that episode kind of delivers on the, a little bit, the part of the mission statement of the show. So um, it was cool that you guys got to be a part of that. Um, and then you helped out with our live show as well. You helped make the oh, t-shirts yeah. and the sign, and that was awesome. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. I had almost forgotten about that. That was so long ago. It was Man. over It was over a year ago. It was like a year and a half ago. 
Yeah, because it was pretty early on when Corey started doing it, I think. Yeah, so. it was it was almost the I think it was the second thing he did as a full time co host. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think so. Yep. That was really fun. But yeah, so what I mean, what have you noticed since uh, has has anything changed for you, or have there been highlights, uh, you know, in talking to Corey or being around that that you've noticed? Um, I think I have started to be. I've just been gotten a little bit more open to watching new movies. So, and I don't mean like new movies, like in the theater even necessarily, but, um, so sometimes we'll just turn on Netflix and Corey will look through and try to find an interesting movie and, um, we'll watch it. And usually like, I'm kind of a creature of habit and like, not that I wouldn't want to watch a new movie, but maybe I want to settle on a genre that I know that I like. And I'm the same way at restaurants, you know, I'm like, why would I don't want to order something? I don't want to spend money on something that maybe I wouldn't like. So, so it's been really fun to, to open up my horizons that way. And we've gotten to see a lot of cool movies. Like he, we were looking through Netflix and he was like, I think we should watch this movie. It's called chef. And it was so good. Oh yeah. yeah, Um, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I, inspirational food movies are like my version of some people's like inspirational sports movies. Yeah. So I love a movie that is about food, but it was really cool. Yeah. And, and so different things like that. Yeah. Just, and John Favreau did all his own cooking in that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It um, made me really hungry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. You kind of have the unique perspective of being um, the second half of the, uh, the film school thing too. Do you ever watch those movies with Corey? Um, I've watched a couple, some of them are really hard to watch. And so I haven't watched those ones with him. Um, oh, what was the name of that movie that you guys watched? Uh, that was about, yes, no, I didn't watch that one. With yeah, him. no, I had to wait for Kristen. It, it's for me, it's, it's hard to get Kristen to watch those. Um, sometimes she, yeah. she watched the jazz singer with me, um, oh, which I don't know if you got a chance to see, but yeah, that's no. cool. Um, I think that, that opening yourself up to, a new genre is uh, once again, it opens this window of like, Oh, why don't I like this? Or why wouldn't I choose this over anything else? Right. Um, and so I think that's like, I think you were kind of a case study, especially cause you've been here firsthand in the overall mission statement of the show of like learning how to watch movies better. I'm mm-hmm. just like, you know, really breaking down why the stories we like connect with us, why the stories we don't like don't connect with us or the genres we don't like don't connect with us. Um, and so you've kind of been there. You've had this, you know, unique um, perspective that really only three other people have had uh, or two other people outside of you, um, Kristen and Lisa, Ryan's wife, mm-hmm. um, to kind of be like, okay, well, you know, my husband has to watch this thing and I want to spend time <laughs> with him or I don't like, not that I don't right. want to spend time with it, but like, I really don't want to watch this movie. Um, you know, and so kind of like having to choose between the two of those things of like, well, I really like, you know, we haven't gotten to spend that much time together this week, but he has to watch this for the show. Uh, I guess I'll just kind of bite the bullet and, and go all in on it and, and see if it surprises me or not. Yeah. And, and then it opens up fun conversations and I, I think I've learned a lot. Um, yesterday we were watching a movie, um, that I don't, I don't know. Lots of people loved it. And then other people were like, I mean, it was okay. And I kind of felt like I fell in the it's okay category, but my argument the entire time was like, this movie is moving so quickly. I don't, 
I, and I don't know that I would have noticed that before. It was Moana, actually. Oh. Have you seen Moana? Twice. I loved it. It's re- I liked it. It was really fun. But like the whole first like 30 minutes, I was like, what is happening? This movie is moving so fast for me. But I don't know. Yeah. It was interesting. I, I really, really enjoyed that. That was actually my favorite animated movie of last year. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I think and the I liked- music is amazing, which is why I wanted to see it. Cause- yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Hannah, again, for uh, kind of supporting us on this crazy journey of ours and uh, not being like, this is dumb. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Um, and yeah, I'm sure you'll be on the podcast again when uh, Fantastic Beasts 2 through 100 come out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> yep. Um, and I'm sure Bean will return as well. Uh Oh, good. To talk about that. But yeah, um, thanks again, Hannah. Uh, I think it's cool that, you know, we've been on this journey to 100 episodes together. Um, I know. It's cool. Awesome. You are so welcome. And yeah, here's me and another person. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm here with my wife. Kristen's here. Hi, Kristen. Oh, my gosh. Is that all you have to say? (laughs) You don't have to say hi or... How's it going? Look, it's me. Well, they can't see you. <laughs> Look, it's me. They still can't see you just because you said it a they second time. They try really hard. They can see. It, well, if they only drink distilled water because of the fluoride in their their third eye, their pineal per, gland, per, perennial. <laughs> I was. I almost said in their glycerin <laughs> gland. So there you go. Mm-hmm. But um, Kristen is here. On the 100th episode of this podcast, or as I call it in our marriage, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Kristen, you've been, you're basically the only other person who's been here from the beginning. Uh, the literal beginning. Um, Just me, you, and the ghost. The podcast ghost. Anyway, yeah, so you were there basically from the beginning, the literal beginning. I have a distinct memory of standing in the parking lot of Eureka Burger uh, talking to you about how I was going to drop out of school and start a podcast. And I remember at that point I had run the idea by quite a few people whose opinions I respected and you were actually the last person. And so I remember thinking that, you know, you were going to graduate school at that time. And I just figured you would be like, well, you have to get a degree. Like no one, no one's going to care about you if you don't get a degree. And That's you were basically like, ah, like do whatever you want, bro. Like that was kind of the, of like, I mean, I guess if you want to do that, you can. And so I did. And so from that conversation, uh-huh. it was a year and a half before I started the podcast. Yeah. So, and in that year and a half, we had started dating and we had gotten engaged actually what? within that year and a half. And so what were you thinking during all that? Were you like, is this guy really just going to be a burnout? Or did you think I would follow through on the podcast idea? Um, I know we would talk about it here and there, but, you know, I I hadn't really made any movement on it yet. Yeah, I don't remember my exact thoughts. I just figured we'd figure it out. And so far we've just been kind of figuring it out as we go, which is what I figured would happen. Yeah. And so... It did take a year and a half to get that initial premise uh, hammered out. And when I came to you with it, um, do you remember what you said? No. Me neither. I was hoping <laughs> you would. 
but like so when i when i nailed down a premise did it become more real to you of like oh he might actually do this or i was excited for you i love creative things and i love creating things and i like it when people are do things that they like to do and i knew that you really liked it and i wanted you to be successful at it yeah um so what have you noticed either about us or me or yourself in this two and a half years obviously we've gotten married since then what um and, and all that but as far as you know in ways the podcast has changed me or you or our lives you know what what have you noticed oh my goodness let me tell you all my complaints against you that's fine <laughs> um i've definitely seen your stuff get more streamlined um i think you have a process down that you like um i've noticed it branching out a little bit and you getting more people involved with it, which I really like. I had been bugging you for ever and half and half to network with people, and mm -hmm. you finally started figuring out your own way to do that to where you don't hate it. Um, and I think that that's really cool. And uh, I, I, I just noticed that the people that work with you also seem to really have a good time, which I like. Yeah, that's good. Um, so you've also been, you know, the most inside of this, uh, the, the outside of myself. And as a result, mm -hmm. uh, you've had to watch some stuff <laughs> as a result of, and I talked to Hannah about this too, of, well, my husband and I haven't spent time together in three days, yeah. but also he has to watch something for the podcast. Mm -hmm. And holy cow, do I not want to watch this thing for the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, so were there any memories you have of either being surprised by how much you liked a movie or just being like, oh man, I am so out on this thing? Um, the one that I think we talked about a little while ago was um, uh, Fight Club. Not that I hated it, but I just... It wasn't as good as, like, fanatics are, like, they portray it, you know? Yeah, that's because you were taking the correct lessons out of it, and they don't. Yeah, so I actually didn't watch all of it. I didn't watch the twist We also started it at midnight. Yeah, so... And it's like a two-hour and 40-minute movie or something. Yeah, so I fell asleep, and I never saw that. I think the biggest thing that actually happened to me out of all of this was not a specific example, but I actually, um, I like spending time with you, but also I definitely have come a little, become a little bit more desensitized to like having to watch things with you. Okay. <laughs> and like spending more time not watching things. So you've gotten better at like being like, oh, I don't really give a crap about what he's going to watch. And so I'm not going to. Yeah. Whereas at the beginning, when especially because we were engaged in planning a wedding and we were both working two jobs and time was scarcer between us. Mm -hmm. It was like, well, I really don't want to watch this crap movie, but it's the only time I get to spend with my future husband. Yeah. Um, which, you know, sounds really cynical and bad, but I think it was a good thing for me, too, because, like, I also get to do stuff that I like to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, though, have been able to watch a lot of cool movies and be on you, be on... 
family show, Kristen. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Oops. Um, <laughs> I have. Um, give me a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been able to be on the show for a lot of things that I do really like. Um, especially horror things. And, like, one of my favorite movies of this year, which was Split, obviously. Um, and so that's really cool. And I get to see movies that I probably wouldn't have seen. Yeah. I know we watched Psycho together. um, Yeah. And The Exorcist. You were on The Exorcist episode, which I think we both really enjoyed. Um, and then we also did, uh, we did The Roadshow. Where we went to go see Little Annie Rooney and the Black Pirate. And that was actually really fun. You know what? That event really changed my perspective on silent movies. Mm -hmm. I know you're super into them, but I was not. And I was just like, I get it. You know, historical, whatever. But I wasn't into them. But that, 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 uh, that roadshow really made me appreciate them a lot more. And I really liked the pirate one. Yeah, you did. You were really into that one. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. Um, and you actually watched a good chunk of The General with me, too. Um, Buster well, Keaton train movie. Yeah. Yep. And that was... Man, I love that movie. That's one of the best movies we've done on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so... <laughs> so in 100 episodes and countless hours spent in this room recording and um doing all that stuff what are what are the things you would like me to see in this what what does that mean like you you have you're in it more than anyone like we've said but you're also outside of it Mm -hmm. um as well but you're still near it like even when even when i'm not recording or even when you're not on like you're still mm-hmm. the closest person to it but also outside you have a very unique perspective i do um so what what do you want to know about that just like what <laughs> what are the lessons that you think i should be learning from this basically that you may not be seeing in me not like mm-hmm. a criticism type of thing but like what what are the things that are like you know, you know what I mean? Like, that you see from an outsider perspective that I might be too, like, tunnel vision on. I guess so. I mean, I tell you it all the time already, so it's not going to be new for you. Um, but I just really, one day, would like you to realize how much you've grown as a communicator and as um, a podcaster. And, I mean, as a writer, too, off of this show. Um, I feel like you, there are times where you just feel like nothing has changed and so much has changed and it really makes me sad when you don't see that because, um, I mean, it's a giant part of your life Mm -hmm. and I know sometimes you don't fully see the fruits of it, but I feel like it's, it's just... It's just become so much more of a thing than I think you thought it would be originally. That makes sense. I mean, we're here a hundred episodes later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, And I can't, like, 
it's still hard for me to understand that. Not that I don't see it, but I almost, especially with a hundred episodes, like, I feel like I almost oversee. I, I don't know if that's a thing I could do, but it's huge. Like, this is a big deal that we're at a hundred episodes. Like, Yeah, and you're super excited about it, which I can also see. And yeah. I'm really happy that you're really excited about it because it's something to be proud of. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is I think we have this you know, this thing together and you have helped create it at some points and most of the time you're the support system for it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're uh, you're in the house for at least every episode, uh, at least a portion of the recording. You're not yeah. in the room necessarily, but you're around and you're watching is relegated to subtitled Netflix because of the microphone. And, <laughs> um, you know, I think having your laptop has helped that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I obviously appreciate it and appreciate you because you're my wife Yay. and um yeah just thank you for being supportive and uh telling me when i'm being dumb and telling me when i do a good job and um you know one of the things i appreciate is you won't pull punches with me because that's how i like to communicate but also you know you are very you're the first person to recognize and sometimes even before me like a cool thing that happened okay in regards to this like i'll say something and you'll be like what that's amazing and i'm like is it and you're just like yes yeah, i don't think like you when understand you started to network with people and you're like i don't know and i was like what this is what you've been wanting to do yeah yeah have you noticed in yourself uh that you've been able to uh kind of in the mission statement of of the show like watch movies better do you think that you watch movies differently than when we first started um i mean i guess we can we can give the show credit for this but i honestly think that um it's just you like you make me think of things more critically mm -hmm. because you ask me questions about movies and I don't usually, I have never answered questions about movies before. Like, mm. why did you like this? I don't know. And then, <laughs> yeah. you, then you talk and then it helps me formulate opinions too. Got it. Um, well, uh, like I said, thank you for being here on this crazy, weird, maybe fool's errand journey with, no. with this podcast. Um, and I love you. I love you too. Yay. Okay, uh that's it. Uh here's here's uh, other people talking too now, but also I'm there. I'm here with Ryan Buell now. Ryan, how are you, sir? I'm doing very good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh it's a hundredth episode, man. Woo! One zero zero. I can't believe it, dude. That's so crazy. Uh, I don't know the exact number episode you came on, but you joined the show late last year. Late last year, yeah. In August for Pete's Dragon, mm -hmm. I think. That was um, the first official. Mm -hmm. But you had been on the show once before. Uh, was it twice before or once before? Well, technically twice, but... Yeah. Uh, once before, I think just the ones for Commando and Terminator Salvation. No, Terminator Genesis. Terminator Genesis, yeah. Yeah. And then was there another one you guessed it on? There was. It was Batman the, v Superman. Uh, Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, that's you right. You brought me on for that one as the, the DC expert. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, so Ryan joined the podcast after Corey left because Ryan is a fan favorite guest. Which I still don't understand. <laughs> um, the, like, most people... Who listened to those episodes have been like, man, I really like Ryan. 
on there. You're the only guest I've gotten really good, like any sort of feedback, good or bad, about. <laughs> Ever. Like, in a hundred episodes, it's the, the I, only guest. I remember the day you called me to officially, you know, say, hey, come be a co-host. And you told me that. And I, from then to now, I still can't believe it. Because I'm not as knowledgeable of movies. I'm just a, a Joe six-pack. Well, I don't have a six-pack. It's more like a, a kegger within a kegger. Um, intergalactic kegger. Intergalactic kegger. Um... Who likes good stories and explodey things? I think that's why, though. Like, I'm just, like, me, I'm just, like, shot composition and directing and also Alfonso Cuaron sex as a person. And you're just like, I don't know, it's looked cool. Like, <laughs> um, so I think that balance really works. But I also, like, I think what you're able to tap into in a story resonates with a lot of people. And that's why that's why when Corey was leaving, I decided to bring you on, mm. um, not just because you were the fan favorite guest, but also because I think the reason why you were a fan favorite guest is because you, uh, you know, you were able to articulate certain things. You know, we value different things. So there's a good contrast there. And then the things that you tend to value tend to maybe line up with the audience a little bit more. Mm. Um, I can get a little, you know, shoegazy about it. So what I wanted to talk to you about is in your experience from going from guest to host, like, you know, I already, I already used this in Mike's segment, but truly like a before and after, what have you noticed since you've joined? Uh, in terms of just like my experiences? Yeah. Or, uh, I've gotten the rhythm down. Okay. <laughs> I've gotten the rhythm down of, of the shows and um, it's, it's forced me to watch movies more. I know that sounds mm -hmm. like a weird thing. But it's really made me want to be more artistic and really kind of uh, widen my horizons in terms of what I watch. Okay. And kind of how I view movies. I've learned I I've learned a lot about storytelling and movies being on this podcast. Really? Yeah, just with my conversation with you and when Mike comes on or Corey is on, just like learning to appreciate different aspects of movies and mm -hmm. how to view movies. Not how to you know how to review a movie and like. What am I looking for, and what are the things that I like and dislike? I, I still maintain my core, how I judge right. a movie, but I've learned a lot about how to appreciate movies. So for me, it's been a big learning process, and just kind of cool to hang out with a good friend of mine that I've known technically since high school, but yeah. you know, not in an eating you capacity. Killing yeah, me. yeah, uh, that whole deal. I think well, that's been shared. I'm sure. I think so. Yeah, yeah, that I thought Ryan was going to eat me when we were in high school together. Yeah. Um, even though he's a year older than I am, and that's all. Uh, so have you noticed, outside of how you consume your media and the media that you watch, have you noticed any um, anything beyond that? Like you're better at communicating or better at crystallizing your thoughts into stuff, you know? If And it may not be something you've actively realized, but when you think about it, are there skills you've learned from podcasting that you've taken out into the world? I would say so. I think communicating is a huge skill. I mean, especially since I, I was, you know, I got married in 2015. Mm -hmm. And the most important relationship to have good communicating skills with is with your significant other, your yes. spouse. Uh, and so I would definitely say this show has helped um, me to be more articulate about how I feel or about how I would view things. Because I typically, as we said off mic, I'm an introvert. I yeah. internalize, I inner monologue, you know, my own arguments in my head. Very rarely is it with another person. But the show has taught me to articulate, well, you like this movie. What did you like about it? What were the things, you know, really? Mm -hmm. And I could, the audience can judge, you can judge whether I've gotten better at that or not. Um, but I feel like I've 
I feel like I've grown. Okay. I'm a, I'm a little bit better. I've got a long ways to go, mm-hmm. but I'm a little bit better at how I communicate and how I relay what I feel and think about different things. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what are some highlights for you since you've been on? What have, uh, what have been kind of your favorite moments or maybe bottom of the barrel moments? <laughs> uh, highlights. I tell you, they all kind of blur together because it's John Wick. John Wick has definitely been a <clears throat> highlight. I, I'd say this year. Yeah, man. It's been the best movie so far. Yeah. With, between like John Wick and and Logan. Yeah. Um, Ghost in the Shell was a, you know a little bit of a but even yeah. then, you can't complain because you get to go see a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the what's the, what's the worst you know. Uh, so I'd have to say this year's been the highlight. Last year had some good ones. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Rogue One. We, we Rogue did One. Last year. Yeah, that was really that was a lot of fun. I think it was me, you, and Mike did that one, didn't it? Or was uh, it me, you, Corey? And, Corey. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. My Mike memory. was on for John Wick. That's right. That's right. Um, but no, no, no bads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not even having to watch all the Fast and Furious movies. That that might constitute something. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the most forced torture yeah. for me. That's honestly, man, thank you for being... Ryan is uh, the least adventurous person I've ever met. And that's fine. <laughs> That's fine. That's not a that's not a criticism of you. Like some people are into into that, some people are not. Yeah. That's just how Ryan operates. But uh, I I did very much force him to watch these movies uh, because I was like, we're not not talking about these movies. Yeah. Also, you have to watch the first seven in order for eight to make any sort of sense, and it's probably not going to make any sense. So. <laughs> Even even with seeing the seven, but you really need some context because the movies don't do a previously on mm-hmm. uh, thing. So you like heading into an eighth blind, you would abjectly hate it, yeah. and you may still hate. We're recording this bit before <laughs> before we go see the movie. Um, you may still hate number eight, but you'll at least have some sort of a context for it, and yeah. that I think is much more important. But I do like thank you for doing that for me. Um, <laughs> And yeah, uh, what else is Lisa? Does Lisa like it? Is Lisa like, hey, my husband's on a podcast. It's kind of dope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's she's excited for it. Yeah, mm. her her life's been a little bit crazy. Yeah. So um, with having surgery and and uh, being off of work for so long, um, so it's not like a. Um, She's not very verbal about it, yeah. but she totally supports it, and she loves that I'm on. And uh, I remember in the beginning, uh, she would listen to a few of them. Mm-hmm. You know, life's been pretty crazy right now. Yeah, oh, it's but, fine. Kristen doesn't listen at all. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, she totally, she digs it. Nice. That's awesome. Well, I hope you're having fun, man. Heck yeah, and, man. Thank uh, you for having me on. Yeah, it's, man, it's so much fun. It's so much fun <laughs> to just, like, get to do this and, yeah. like... It kind of feels almost punk rock a little bit. Like, no one tells us what to do here. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) we just kind of do whatever we want. (laughs) And uh, people listen to it. That's the craziest thing to me is, like, that people listen to it. Not a lot of people listen to it, but people listen to it. What is that term from that movie with uh, Kevin... Costner? Costner. If you build it, they will come. Yeah, if you record it they will listen yeah man it's true like (laughs) at least one person listens and even if it was just that one person i would still do it you know um and i hope you would too uh it's been real fun uh here's to 100 more man heck yeah cheers Uh, yeah uh two and a half years that's so crazy (laughs) i can't i cannot believe this is episode 100 um 
we're going to take a short break. Uh, that's it for all of the people um, that we've talked to. It's been a lot of people. Uh, like I said at the beginning, I don't actually know how long this episode is going to be, but I think it's going to be pretty long. I think it might... I don't know if it'll be the record holder. The Every Pixar Ever was a was a, a almost two hours. I think this might be pushing it. But yeah, we're going to take a short break and come back to talk about uh, The Fate of the Furious and what our final thoughts on it were. And that's a beautiful full circle moment for the podcast, whether or not we liked it or not. So we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. I hope you enjoyed all that 100th episode celebration stuff. Um, it's uh, what a long, strange trip it's been, to quote the <laughs> Grateful Dead. Uh, yeah, um, but because this is a double-length episode and we still have movies to talk about, it's not just a bunch of navel-gazing, let's talk about how great we are. Mm-hmm. It's uh, We're kind of blowing it out now to talk about how great Fast and the Furious is! <clears throat> um, so we're talking about the... Fate of the Furious, which is the new Fast and Furious movie. It's the eighth one in a planned ten-film saga. And when we last left our uh, co-host, <laughs> he had seen the first three. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you watched the rest? Uh, yes. Um, uh, can I, I'll give a truncated review. I know you were thinking about doing the each one, but I'll, I'll sum it up. So, four, five, six, and seven. They're all big, bombastic action movies. My feelings for the characters did not change. Boo! My, <laughs> I know, unpopular. Um, I felt, uh, you know, by the fifth one, I was a little bit more like, okay, it's more dumb action. They've kind of embraced that. And, you know, on, you know, six and seven, they had the same kind of feel. But I just didn't care for the characters, man. Really? I just like did any not of them? care. No. Just like I saw what was there. I get why some people can just relate to it and you know, I don't I don't besmirch anyone who buys into the characters, but for me personally, I just couldn't get behind the characters. Like not even Han? No. Not oh, even man. Han. Like He's so great. Him and his chips. Yeah. Yeah, I I just didn't care, and you know we'll, we'll get into the eighth one here in a little bit. But that that feeling has carried into the newest one. Um, yeah, and and the defense I keep hearing for this franchise because I've watched several reviews yeah. just to be like, is it is there something wrong with me? Like, yeah. am I not seeing this? Like, what's going on? The defense I keep hearing is it's just big stupid fun, and if you go in with a certain mindset, you'll be you'll be fine. And to me, that's a lame excuse. No, I yeah, I don't... You watched bad criticism. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if you watched, I, I but... I must have. Um, but I heard that from several different sites. So no. I don't remember what their names were. I think it was like Jeff Johns. Uh, Jeremy Johns. Yeah, Jeremy... Sorry. Jeremy Johns. Stuckman said that? Stuckman. He that's said something about he akin uh, to that for this newest one. And I watched several of his other reviews about it. And that was kind of the key thing they were saying. It's just like, if you just go in, it's big action, and it's got some heart, da-da-da-da-da. But basically, turn your brain off was kind of the mentality No, that's bad. That's bad criticism. Um, 
But yeah, I just I you know, and again, I came in like I'm I'm willing. I'm willing mm-hmm. if the characters are there, if the story is interesting enough. But and and oh my word, he says family so many times. Family. So many times, and there's so many butts, and I don't know why. Yeah. I just don't know why. <laughs> Every movie I was like, oh that oh that's a theme. More butts. More yeah. butts. Family and butts should be <laughs> the family and the butts is the what family. they should be called. Yes. Um But uh but yeah, I just But they went back to race wars in the last one, Ryan, in seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still don't like cars, and this did not help. Um, I really like, so I do like the action a lot in these movies, but not because it's big and dumb, but because it's well done. I think like, I think those action sequences are really intricate, especially in the Justin Lin ones. They're like really elaborate. And for the most part, he does all of it in camera. Yeah. And like, but for me, no matter how elaborate it was, because I didn't care about the mm -hmm. characters, it just was like, oh, okay. You know, Mad Max, I'll give an example. Mm-hmm. Great practical scenes, great action. Mm-hmm. I care about the characters, so that makes me like, oh, like, are they going to make it? Even though you have to suspend, like, of course they're yeah, going to yeah. make it. Yeah, it's yeah. the movie. But in the minute, you're like, oh, they could die. It's going to be like Game of Thrones. I just did not have that spark of, man, I hope they make it. Man, I care about, you know, just I just didn't have it. Uh-huh. And I don't know if there's just something wrong with me, which I'm sure a lot of people are screaming, yes, there is. Or just... This, this, though, I had nothing to connect with these characters Did you like about. the back four more than you liked the first three? Yes, only very slightly. Okay. Like, not by much. Okay. It was a, it was more tolerable for me. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. They've Everyone kind of became embraced. better actors, I mm-hmm. think, had a lot to do with it. Um, I Vin think Diesel, Vin Diesel's still just kind of stoic and... <sighs> I really liked him in eight. We'll get to eight in yeah. proper in a second. But I really like him in four. Because I think that's like him as Batman. Mm-hmm. I really like, I really like the mystery in four yeah. of him like trying to solve what like um, who killed Letty, right? Yeah, is that, is so, that what four yeah, is? I think it was that one. And then I like like the Five's a heist movie and also the Rock's in it and the Rock is great. Yeah. And, um, so do you have a favorite character out of any of them? Like if you had to choose, is it Kurt Russell? The, the, yeah, actually I did like Kurt Russell a lot because he was just so not... He felt like a dad. Yeah, I just yeah, wanted yeah. to hang out with Kurt Russell. My favorite characters are actually the British brothers. Deckard and Owen? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I really... I love those guys, especially in the the the, 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 the new one. one. Yeah. I loved it. They were the only characters I was like, I just want more of them. Give me yeah. more of these guys. Yeah. Especially with the, the secret character that yeah. gets introduced. I want a movie of that. Yeah, I just, agree. Just those three. I um, agree. And that was about it. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I like that. I like, I like five because I think that's where the series like really reinvents itself and like mm. really does kind of embrace, like saying, "Oh, it's just big dumb action" is not wrong. It is big dumb action. Yeah, but it's technically well done. Like the the amount of like pro like logistically. It's a nightmare, I'm sure, to get all that together. Um, and then I do like, we talked about this on the last episode, I do like that theme of family throughout. I know it's kind of hokey, but mm. like, it's earnest, too. Like, there's not an irony about it, and yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and so, I like like I like how much it does kind of wear that family heart on its sleeve. I think that's like, I think that's kind of noble. 
uh, in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have I would have an easier time getting behind that if it wasn't for this group of kind of nefarious individuals. But now they're spies. <laughs> I feel like that would be a good tagline for like the Donner Party or like uh, Hannibal. But now he's a spy. Everything's forgiven. Darth Vader, but he's a spy. Anyways. But, like, that, like, that's the thing. It went from... the So, the series goes from, like, boosting DVD t- television combo players to... Straight up stopping to international Mission terrorists. Impossible. Like, yeah. like, literally James Bond. Yeah. Um, and for me, I can't... Dis- I, even though, yes, I love superhero movies. I love movies mm-hmm. where you have to suspend belief. Um, and certain things like Superman. Okay, mm-hmm. man can't fly, but I buy it here. I just couldn't do that with these movies. Yeah, like I couldn't. Like you know, again, we'll get into the newest one, but I just was like, these are schmucks off the street. <laughs> yeah, and they're stopping terrorists. They're, yeah, they're, the government's going to them because clearly the the they're really good with cars. So you guys have to, you know. Yeah, I just couldn't. I couldn't suspend a belief. For, yeah, for that, I agree. You know? I think. You know, and and kind of to land it. One, I really like six a lot. Um, that's actually one of my favorite ones. Uh, and then seven, I really don't like. Actually, mm. that's a lot of people really like that one, and I don't like the seventh one that much. I think it's a mess. Yeah. Um, really hard to follow sometimes. It's really hard to follow. The action isn't as coherent. That's the one that the guy James Wan did, mm-hmm. um, who did the Conjuring and saw. Um, it's the one that Brian, uh, Brian, uh, Paul Walker died while mm-hmm. they were filming. I really like his send off. I thought that was like a really good way to handle that. Yeah. Um, I was glad they didn't kill him off. Um, but like, it's stupid. Like that one is legitimately stupid. Yeah. It's a stupid movie. Yeah. Um, I agree. And like, them like dual wielding like car parts and wrenches on this parking structure and him being like the street always wins stomp and like hanging grenades off of freaking helicopters and like flexing out of casts and stuff and like it's bad i i think that's a bad movie um the more i think about it and so with eight headed into it like i said in the before episode I was excited for it because I do like still spending time with these characters. And also, like, what's three more at this point? Yeah. Um, Especially given, you know, that I'm always watching movies for the show or for a website that I'm watching. Like, watching three more movies in the course of what I do is not a lot of time commitment when Mm -hmm. you think about how much I consume. And so I was like, well, I've come this far with them. I'll, I'll be excited for it. And so eight was, is, you know... Dom goes rogue for reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll get into all that. But he goes rogue for reasons. Charlize Theron is this new villain named Cypher who um, is the one who gets him to turn. And she's the one who has the blackmail, basically, on him turning. And then the team has to kind of go after him or fi- figure out what's going on or whatever. Um, and that's kind of the setup is, like, just the team dealing with... Uh, dom going rogue and my worry for it is that it was going to be a lot more of the same dumbness from seven mm-hmm. and this movie's plenty dumb like i don't i don't i don't make any bones about how like big and loud and dumb the movie is although i still enjoyed it i felt like it was an improvement on seven mm-hmm. i did not think it was as dumb as seven i uh, agree 
So, but before we get into everything I thought about it, what did you think about it, Ryan? So, overall, uh, so carrying with the franchise up to this point, I still just didn't care about the characters. Personally, me, I just thought the acting was subpar. Um, I... I can't. I almost fell asleep watching this movie. I wow. kid you not. Like that's that does not happen to me uh, in movies. Normally, I'll, I'm I'm pretty wide. Awake. You would also spend a lot of time with these characters. Yeah. And I don't know if you're like me, but I have a hard time binge watching stuff. Yeah. It it's it, that probably didn't help. Yeah. Um, but I um, uh, I just again just did not care. Because the I did like Charlize Theron. I thought mm-hmm. she was an interesting villain. I thought she kind of hammed it up a little bit. But she's a good actress, so it kind of played well in my eyes. Like, I yeah. thought, that's interesting. But I didn't really like, feel like she had anyone to play off of. Like, yeah. Vin Diesel was just kind of a blank, angry <laughs> slate. And the few times he was emotional was interesting. But it just wasn't the same level as what she was putting out, if that makes yeah, any sense. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to see, uh, oh man, the British guy who was in the movie, bald. Statham? Statham. I really wanted to see Statham and The Rock go at it. I wanted to see oh, that yeah. fight. Um, but that never happened. But I kind of like their dy- dynamic, even though it felt a little weird. And do they know that he killed Han? Yeah, they mentioned they, it. Okay, so why was the transition of, we don't like you, okay, we'll work with you? That was a little fast for me. Sure, I get that. Um, uh, Dom's motivations I thought was interesting I really liked that I thought that was an interesting tie back into the kind of the series as a whole and kind of like okay we're at this point and and going on there I thought it was a little convenient how they kind of tied certain things up sure um, with eliminating certain people so it yeah. wouldn't be awkward you know what I mean yeah, you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about yeah, 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 I yeah. felt like oh yeah we'll get into hmm. full spoiler territory in a second um and yeah, it was big and loud and, and stuff, and they said family a lot, and... And then it was over. And then it was over. And, and then Scott Eastwood was there to be a punching bag for two hours, like... Yeah, oh yeah, he got kind of the... It was like the most thankless the role I've ever seen an actor do. Like, he literally was there to just be made fun of for two hours. Yeah. It was crazy. And I want to I, I, I wanna like that guy, but mm-hmm. I, I haven't yet to see him in a very good movie. Yeah... He's somewhere in Suicide Squad. Yeah, he's uh, the soldier that just kind of goes along with him. Um, but overall, just was... It was not horrible. I wanted to say it was the worst movie I've ever seen, but that's just not true. It wasn't absolutely horrible, but it's for me just very forgettable. Okay. Because again, I just... I had no investment with the characters. I see, I see, I can see the appeal for other people, kind of family. Um... But having seen everything and then seeing this, just, I just, there was no connection for me. Even though, even though the father was kind of a father-son aspect to yeah. it, which you know yeah. me, I'm a sucker for. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. Yeah, even with that, I was just like, he played it a little too, what's the word? The phrase, he played, Vin Diesel played it a little too stoic. For me, like I wanted to see more raw emotions, especially given given the stakes. Mm-hmm. I felt like he he showed it a couple times, yeah. But I thought it needed more, especially if you want to really feel the gravitas of what's being done to him. 
Um, but yeah, that whole convoluted thing was just, eh, it so, was okay for me. So now that the dust has kind of settled for the time being on this franchise, and especially you're, you know, with what you've seen, uh, do, do you have one that you liked more than the other ones out of the eight, or are they all kind of the same? To me, they're all just kind of the same. I okay. mean, yes, they all had different plot points, and like you said, yeah, they yeah. each had kind of their own homages yeah. to things. But overall, it's just, it's a film franchise, and it's, I'm not going to argue the fact it does really well, because why would there be eight if it didn't? It outgrossed uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. I mean, it, it appeals to a lot of people, but it just didn't, nothing, nothing rang my cold dead heart. Maybe I just have, maybe I'm just an old <laughs> schmuck. I don't know. But just nothing, nothing ticked for me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So I the, this movie is pretty uneven. Uh, it's a mixed bag if there ever was one. But for me, as a fan of the franchise, it was greater than the sum of its parts. I thought there was some really good hand-to-hand combat in the movie. Um, I thought all the vehicle stuff was terrible for some reason. Yeah. I was like, why the hell? Like... First off, it's the most they've been in cars in about four movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it was not good. It was not good car stuff. Like F. Gary Gray, who directed the Italian job that has some decent car action in it. Mm-hmm. He relies too much on really bad CGI, which we talked about last time. Yeah, yeah. This franchise has always had really bad CGI because they pride themselves on doing practical stuff. And so... There's a lot of really bad CGI to accomplish what was on the page, um, which honestly came off as lazy to me, mm-hmm. because I feel like if Justin Lin was behind the camera, he would have figured out a way to do it for real. And there, like a lot of the spatial stuff was really bad in it. Like cars would just come out of nowhere, yeah. and you were like, "Wait a minute, they were nowhere near where that happened. How did they get over there?" Yeah. The car rainfall scene. I just uh-huh. thought of all things that is unbelievable. It's that, because they would totally kill the guy in the limousine, like, practically speaking. And also, why did Vin Diesel for that? All he did was open the door. So, the the limo was, like, some sort of special limo. Okay. They had, like, a line. So, that's the other thing, is the screenplay was weird, because it was lazy, but also it tried really hard. Um, so every little, like, kind of nitpicky thing like that, they kind of half-heartedly addressed. Mm. The limo was made out of, like, a special material that was super durable. Okay. And so, that's why they had Vin Diesel with, like, the giant chainsaw. Well, I I understood, like, why he was doing that, because of that. But, why did he have to do it? Like, to me, him being, like, the it guy for Mm -hmm. kind of setting up everything made no sense. Okay. Other than... It moves the plot forward. Right. You know, it's like anyone could have gone in there and done what he did. Yeah, yeah. But. But he's the best. But he's the best, you know. Yeah. So, sorry. So, um, but I really like the prison break scene. Um, That was pretty cool. I really like the scene on the plane with Statham. That's, those are the two best. Him and the baby. Yeah, those are the two best sequences in the whole movie. The hand-to-hand combat stuff, partially because you can tell Statham did his own stunts. Mm -hmm. They, like, went out of your way to show that. Yeah. Um, But also, like, The Rock had some really, like, dope stuff to do in the prison scene, too. That was pretty cool. I I did like Like, I really liked all of that. Um, But I liked Jason Statham to begin with, so. So. I was pre- 
I loved Jason Statham in this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought his performance was really good. I thought all his action sequences were really good. I thought the way he interacted with everyone was really good. I don't like Jason Statham. This is my favorite thing I've ever seen Jason Statham in, including the last movie. Yeah, you never liked him in The Expendables either? Ah, eh. oh, I love that guy. He doesn't yeah. do good movies, no. rarely, but I like his kind of... I like that he's he's dedicated. Yeah. I think he doesn't. I think he doesn't half-heartedly do stuff. Yeah. Um, and he does his own stunts in almost everything he's in. And I like actors who do that. Yeah. But I've never really seen him shot in a way that shows that off to me mm-hmm. the way this movie did. Yeah. Um. And also, I really liked how he got onto the plane with the like jetpack thing because yeah. those things like are they real. Exist. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, and so I was like, sweet! Like, I got really excited when I saw that happen. Well, Luke Evans had, like, two seconds of a part. <laughs> yeah, I was actually surprised he showed up. Really? Was he not supposed to, or...? I didn't think he would. Mm. <sighs> Excuse me. Especially for, what, maybe half a day of shooting? Yeah. It was probably a day because it was an action sequence, but... Yeah, yeah he was... I think they just kind of got him on break from Beauty and the Beast to, to come over. shoot for a day. Yeah, yeah. um... But I liked that. I liked a lot of the cameos that we saw. I liked the yeah. two, like, the two rapper guys. Yeah, they showed up there. I liked seeing them. I liked the way they got the guy from Cuba, even from the beginning of the movie, to be in the van towards the end. Yeah. I like that stuff. Um, we're going to start getting into more spoiler stuff. I really, really liked Dom's motivation. Dom's motivation. Um, the joke that I was making is that he was either a clone or a robot. Um, and... He was both. <laughs> yeah. He was an alien, actually. But no, I really like... So his motivation is that after the events of Fast Five, Elena had ended up pregnant. And they hadn't really seen each other since then because that's when they found out Letty was alive and Dom and Letty had gotten married. And she was pregnant with Dom's son. Mm. And... Cypher, Charlize Theron's character, found out and had kidnapped her and the baby and were using them to blackmail Dom into doing this. I think that's a really, really good motivation. I think it's really cool to take the surrogate family and then turn it into a literal family dynamic. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good deliverance on the thematic uh, elements of the franchise. Um, and I like the way, even though they, they don't do a lot with it, which is kind of frustrating. So they introduce like this new family, like actual blood related family dynamic to it. Yeah. In more than one way. They do it with Dom and Elena and their baby, um, whose name we'll save for later. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, but now you gotta worry about Letty. Uh, Elena gets shot in the face, which is a little convenient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but it also like gives Dom a reason to fight. Uh, and I, I kind of liked that. And then they introduce, uh, Mother Shaw as well she in Helen cool. Mirren, who's one of the best characters of the whole movie. I really liked the way she played her part. I, I enjoyed her performance in the bar. Yeah. I really liked her character. Um, but you introduce like a new family dynamic through blood, uh, and just like the ups and downs and frustrations of like, Dealing with a family, especially when they're a family of criminals, I feel like. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like that's exactly how they would be. Um, I really like that you're, they're starting to introduce, like, actual family dynamics into this franchise. Yeah. I hope they explore that a lot more in the next two installments and can really end it on, like, these families coming together mm-hmm. and 
like the ending it on like they are all one family yeah. um idea and so i hope that's where it goes i assume she's going to be back for more in nine mm-hmm. uh charlize theron gets away at the end so which she'll probably be back and i feel like it's just going to be a cypher trilogy basically mm-hmm. i liked her character she was completely underserved by the script completely underserved by the script yeah you have this woman who is going to be in basically lady john wick later on in the year and atomic blonde Mm -hmm. and who was proved that she can do vehicular action in mad max and didn't let her do any hand-to-hand combat or any vehicular combat and i was like what are you doing like the reason she's in this movie is because she was in the other good car movie um It didn't make any sense to that. She's relegated to basically standing in a control room, getting cut to by the camera, and saying a stupid one-liner before hitting a button. So many stupid one-liners. Yeah. Just like... really starting to piss me off. Boop! Like, that was... It was... It all ended with boop. You could end every single one of her scenes with boop. Yeah. It's zombie time. Boop. Yeah. Uh, Just those, like, really bad cutaways. They did another thing that's kind of annoying to me of... She's the one who was behind it all. I think they're, that the, a lot of franchises are starting to rely on that. Mm-hmm. Spectre did that. And I like Spectre, but that was kind of annoying with Christoph Waltz being like, I was the author of all your pain, or whatever he said. Um, I liked the way that she kind of reassembled a team out of the last two teams that Dom and crew had uh, eliminated. Mm-hmm. I liked that, that dynamic of like, well, now we got to work with this guy. Um, the side characters in this movie were not like, were not very good. Uh, Roman's really annoying in this movie, which I've never really found him annoying. Tyrese's character, um, he's just kind of yelly now, Mm -hmm. just like yelly and scared. Ah, ah, I'm freaking out! Yeah, like he, they're starting to become caricatures of themselves, which is weird because they were, yeah, but then also... It's weird because Roman definitely is. Hobbs definitely is. Dom kind of is. Yeah. Letty kind of is. But then Ramsey, the girl, the girl hacker, and Tej have nothing to do in this movie, basically. They get one scene together, but it also doesn't make sense for them to have two hackers on the team. Yeah, the, the whole hacking thing, I just... When they show up at Mr. Nobody's and mm-hmm. no, at, at Nowhere... Yeah. And... He hired, you know, he's like, we've got government agents, we're like the super secret organization, but we need you guys to hack things. Yeah. So, you two go to work. I'm just like, no, what? At least explain, like, somebody tried and it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I just couldn't suspend, is it suspending disbelief? That's the phrase we're trying to say. Yeah, Yeah. I could not. Suspend your disbelief. Yes, I could not do that. So the whole thing wraps up with, uh, you know... Dom is able to betray his family up until the point where he finds out his child is safe. And then he goes and starts wrecking fools, Mm -hmm. as he does, and reclaims his rightful spot as the leader of the, you know, the family. Yeah. And uh, now Deckard, at the very least Deckard Shaw, maybe not Owen, but Deckard Shaw is welcomed into the family for saving the baby. Yeah. I was, a lot of people, there was even a hashtag that was trending on Twitter of hashtag justice for Han, um, Mm. because Han is the best character, uh, in my opinion, in the Fast and Furious franchise. And And he's the dude that killed him. Yeah, he's the dude that killed him. However, I do think 
two things. One, Dom is now vouching for Deckard. And so I think that goes a long way because he's definitely the leader of the family. Mm -hmm. And two, what Deckard did was a huge solid. Yeah. Like, that's a big deal. You saved my son. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it does kind of, like, it's enough for me to buy into it. Yeah. The way it was sold to me or the way I was reading it in reviews is just like, and then they just accept him into the family. And I was like, no, there's like a reason behind it. And when he shows up at first, they're like, you know, they do go pretty quick from like this guy to all right. Mm -hmm. But they do have moments of this guy. Like they're like, you think we're going to let you work with us after what you did to our family? And it's like, well, yes, yes, we are. But but they, they do at least say it. Like, yeah. like I said, the movie tries. Yeah. And it doesn't have enough time to have that dynamic be developed and kind of yeah marinate if you will they, yeah they gotta move things that will get to the car chases yeah which essentially is what i felt this movie was it was just intermediate scenes to get to the car <laughs> but one man's opinion amongst many the act breaks are pretty bad um yeah they're not great uh i think vin diesel does more acting than he's done in about three movies mm-hmm the rock was weird in this one his intro was really weird yeah the the soccer girl thing yeah i was just like you're just tripping after being uh, on a moana, moana yeah we just got after because that was literally he did that dance or his character did that yeah and i just and he's not hawaiian is he yeah he is oh he is yeah oh well. yeah he's from hawaii oh okay yeah i didn't know that well that would make sense but i just thought it was super weird yeah it was it went on too long like yeah. it needed to be cut at least in half if not in three quarters yeah uh it was it was really weird and like tonally not in line with the rest of the movie mm-hmm. it was really weird um kurt russell's sweet he's yeah. really good in it i just like to hang out with that guy he yeah. just seems like he'd be super chill i really like the scene where Charlize theron and dom meet mm-hmm. i liked that whole exchange between them yeah it was really good. The opening race is kind of stupid, but I liked seeing a full-length race. We haven't gotten one of those in like two or three movies. I felt yeah, that felt like a, th- a callback. Yeah. To kind of the origins, like the first movie, it felt like that. Watching yeah. it didn't mean I liked it, but I I, I, I can appreciate the things and why people like them. Mm-hmm. I just for me again, I don't want to keep harping on this, but just for me, it just. I didn't appreciate them. They yeah. just, I can I can understand people's liking of these movies, but just for me. Yeah. yeah. So when it's all said and done, like I like the movie. I like it a lot more than I liked Seven. I thought it was ridiculous. Like I'm not making any bones about it, but it was not as ridiculous as Seven to me. Yeah. I didn't think so. I like, you know, like I said, it wasn't like the street always wins. Stomp. Like uh, that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, there weren't, like, superhero wrench fights on rooftops, you know. Um, the 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 hand-to-hand combat felt real. Mm-hmm. It felt like, you know, people were actually getting hit. Um, the vehicle stuff was bad. But, I mean, I've seen way worse movies for sure. Like, yeah. there are worse, worse movies you could probably see right now. Yeah. Um, that are two hours and 16 minutes long. Like... So, with all that being said, like, 
I'll see two more. Why not? You mm-hmm. know, one, I've seen eight of them already. What's two more? Yeah. Uh, two, I don't hate anyone yet. You know, I'm I'm still <laughs> on board with these people, and uh, I like I like that the series kind of shouldn't exist, but mm-hmm. it does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's no it defies all odds. Yeah, there's like no real reason for it to be as successful as it is, but it is, mm-hmm. and that's kind of great. Um. I think it's I think it's successful for the same reason like you guys like that you grew up and you watched all of them. But I didn't. I didn't watch them until the sixth one was getting ready to come out. I was like twenty six when I saw all of them. Right. But you had something you related to. Yeah. Which was the family, but family that you make. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that there's there you you can relate to that 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 the crux of that the core of that which is again through almost every freaking movie yeah is the idea of family yeah a really weird and messed up family in my opinion sure but a family nonetheless so that makes perfect sense why it's for lack of a better attractive or like i you dig it yeah and like i've seen people writing this off with the transformers movies but Mm -hmm. like no way man like i I think there's way more heart in any given one of these <laughs> than there is in a weird? Transformer. I kind of want to see the new one, but then I'd have to go back and watch one through. But yeah, I've seen people write them off with the Transformers movies, and like, I don't think so. I don't know. I I connect to this franchise a lot more than I connect to the Transformers franchise, outside mm-hmm. of like having like Transformers as a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I'll I'll see two more of them. Why not? I, they're worst movies you know um yeah. and i think i think i think there is a paul walker shaped hole in this movie he was kind of the only character who felt like a real person by the seventh one yeah. um, i did like the little callback they gave to him yeah so they named the child brian yeah well that too but also the scene where they're trying to figure out what to do about dom oh yeah and, and they're like brian would know yeah. roman says brian yeah. would know what to do and letty says no he's, he's out we need to leave him out yeah so I, I like that i liked that too um but it also does feel weird that they would name him brian because he's still alive like i yeah. felt like they should have named him paul at the very least yeah um but yeah, so they end up naming the kid Brian, which I like. I was like, no, um, like that got to me, and so I, I don't know. I'm interested to see where it goes, especially now that there are real like bloodlines involved with the the movie. Yeah, there kind of were before because Mia is Dom's sister. Yeah. Um, but I think you can really explore like the parent, the parent, uh, child dynamic, which yeah. is not something they've had before. It was. More of a brother-sister thing. Yeah. Now you think the next two that might jump the timeline forward a little bit to, for where the son's a little bit older, maybe? Or? Maybe. I know. Well, they set up, you know, Cypher's in Athens. That's where mm-hmm. we tracked her to. So I feel like they're going to go right into Greece in mm-hmm. the next one. Um, so we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like Kurt Russell's probably going to be back, which I'm down for. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see them do something more with Scott Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Maybe turn him into the new Brian. Mm. I think would be interesting. You think that might be what they're doing? I think so. But I think they may not. I think if so, they did a bad job laying out the building blocks for that in this one. And they're going to have to make up for lost time in the next one. Yeah. If that's what they want to do. I also really want Justin Lin to come back and finish this series off. I think his touch has really been missing from the last two, especially. Mm-hmm. Um I would like to see him do 9 and 10, but I know he's got Hot Wheels coming up, so I really want to see him do 10. 
Yeah. That would be ideal for me. Uh, that's our 100th episode. Woohoo! Oh my goodness. Uh, oh my damn. Uh, One you guys, double O. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, maybe the episode ends with me crying too, but it's been two and a half years and 100 episodes and we're not slowing down. Um, matter of fact, we're pro- like, I don't know if we're picking up the pace or not, but there is a ton of stuff this summer that's going to get have to get covered. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how we're going to do it. <laughs> I don't know what, what, what direction we're going to go over the summer, but there's a lot of stuff. Some release dates have shifted around that have really put a wrench in things. Yeah. Um, baby driver, I'm looking at you as excited as I am to get you two months early. It's really it's really weird timing because you're opening a week before Spider-Man. Mm. Um, so we may we may be doubling down on some podcasts over the summer. Um, there's some cool announcements on the horizon. I can't quite talk about this yet, but I'll throw out a tease that there might be in the next week a pretty game-changing episode, a pretty game-changing bonus episode. But also don't be surprised if that doesn't happen either. <laughs> um... And yeah, if you are looking for a more tangible way to support the show, share us on Facebook, uh, share us on Twitter, um, tell people about us. We love hearing that you tell people. We love seeing it on our social media a lot more. Um, this episode in particular, if you have enjoyed the show, what I'm asking of you guys and what we're asking is that you would share this episode uh, or your favorite episode uh, go back and find your favorite episode. But to celebrate that we got to 100 episodes, it would be really cool if you could kind of get the word out and invite friends to like the page on Facebook. Uh, tell them to follow me on Twitter at MJSmith891. Um, that's where they'll find everything. I write for wordofthenerd.com. I write for keithlovesmovies.com. Had a couple weeks off over there because it's been slow movie-wise, but I am reviewing The Promise this weekend. Uh, the new Christian Bale, Oscar Isaac movie about the Armenian genocide. So it'll be a real uh, good time at the movies after Fate mm, of the Furious. Uplifting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Ryan, do you have anything to say about... Uh, just thank you. I mean, for listening to a couple of crazy nerds just geek out about movies and all sorts of crazy topics. And it's it's been fun. That's yeah, man. I'm joined and, and joining this, this our own little family going on here. Yeah, family. Um... <laughs> They're my family. Um, <laughs> family. Family. Uh, it just... Man. I feel like he says that word differently every time he says it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you. Oh my gosh, thank you. I can't believe it's been 100 episodes. Like, I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing me say, I can't believe it's been 100 episodes, but I cannot believe it's been 100 episodes. I thought this thing was going to go 10 episodes maximum. And here we are, and... Here we shall be. Until next time, let's go watch a good movie. Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs>